Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening, Rush Nation. Welcome back to the flagship show. Sorry there was no show last week. Uh, as you know, Dan and I were in Munich celebrating a Buccaneers famous victory, which those have been hard to come by this year. And then just the fallout of that, getting back, and it just meant we couldn't get a show in uh, last week. So apologies. In fact, the guest I got tonight was going to do one on Wednesday, but it just couldn't happen uh, with some scheduling. So he's here tonight. No, Dan, Dan is unfortunately feeling a little bit unwell. Um, too many of the lager beers in um, in Germany. Uh, no, he's got a cold. He's feeling a bit, uh, a bit under the weather. So Dan, uh, get well soon, buddy. Uh, but don't worry. Got an amazing guest here. Uh, He's Evan Brown at FF uh, Evolution on Twitter, host of the Dynasty Debates podcast. You can also see some of his great work on Dynasty Nerds on Twitter. One of the funniest guys on Twitter as well. Evan, thanks for coming back on the show. I wasn't here the last time you were here, so I'm glad that you and I get to uh, chop it up for the next hour or so. Yeah, thanks for having me, buddy. Man, that is an awesome intro. I must say, like, anytime you get to hear the wonderful Scott Hansen, you know, introducing your show, it's a good time. So I am excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Let us talk some football. Let's just not talk about the Vikings. Let's just not talk about the Vikings. <laughs> we'll just skip right over that. No need to talk about that. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, this season's just weird, isn't it? Like, I, 
I don't think anyone's overly shocked that Cowboys would have won that game, but by that margin was bizarre. But so many bizarre instances. I really thought the Colts were going to hold on against the Eagles. Um, I mean, there was just a lot of really strange passages of play yesterday. The Patriots almost get a walk-off touchdown. Like, I, I mean, to be honest, I've never <laughs> cheered a touchdown more than when Marcus Jones ran that back 83-odd yards. I was just like, of all the games that could have gone to overtime, if that had gone to overtime, that would have actually broken red zone, I'm sure. Because it was awful. It was, I mean, like I went and watched it, believe it or not, game in 40. And Game Pass need to put like a 2x feature on, like on podcasts, so that you can speed through and get rid of like all the crap. Because the only thing noteworthy in that game is just how bad Zach Wilson is. (laughs) Like he missed that guy, he missed Braxton Berrios in the flat. Like he's got no one around him for five yards and he just sails the ball loosely over his head. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like I'd have made that throw. You'd have made that throw. Anyone I know would have made that throw, but somehow Zach Wilson managed to just sail that straight over his head. Like that was a classic, like Jameis Winston move as well. (laughs) It was unbelievable, man. Like it was, that game was so bad. I, you know, asked to watch the highlights and it just skipped through to the next game for me. You know, like it was that bad. It was, it was brutal, man. Like there was some stinkers yesterday, dude. Like the Panthers Ravens was just an absolute eyesore as well. Like I'd rather watch paint dry than have to watch that back again. Like it was, it was a brutal week, man. Like it really was. Oh, what? I've never seen a team come off by and then immediately need another buy. Like they look <laughs> so sluggish. I was like, what have you been doing for the last week? Have you just been stuffing your faces with like Mackie D's or something? Mind you, right, it's a joke on this. Well, true on this. So <clears throat> follow a few of the Buccaneers players on on Instagram. And we see on Instagram the day before the game, three or four players in McDonald's on Instagram eating McDonald's before a game and they've got like the fried shrimp and the and like Big Macs I'm like it's the day before a game what are you doing eating Mackey D's and that can't be good like surely they carb loading are they the following well, yeah, the... I mean the defensive lineman but still like it's <laughs> gotta be a better way of doing it than going to McDonald's and carb loading like surely like someone's getting them some steak or like oh. a ton of mashed potato or so- a bunch like- of pasta or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, dude. Like, well, it's better. I suppose it's better than like, what did AJ Brown do last year? Went to Chipotle or something and then got the runs <laughs> in the game or something like that. So I suppose it's better than that. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Honestly, so many, uh, so many talking points uh, this week. And so I was going to end with injuries. I almost feel like with all the news that's come out in the last few hours, we should talk about all the players that got injured because injuries is the theme of this season. But it looks like now we've lost Kyle Pitts for the year. Um, He has got a torn MCL. He's getting a second opinion. So that's not, it's not official that he's out for the year. We're waiting for that second opinion, but it looks highly likely that's probably, he looks like he needs surgery and that will be him. Ugh. That looks like that'll be him done. So the tight end position, which was already pretty rubbish. And this was a good game for him, like usage-wise, trend-wise, was all starting to go his way until that injury. So that's not good. Chase Edmonds now looks like he's got an injury. He's going to be out a few weeks. And they've just cut uh, Melvin Gordon in the last hour. Um, We lost Justin Fields to a, a shoulder injury. So we'll see what happens there. Joe Mixon got a concussion, which means he's probably not back next week um Stafford, was he I mean, back in concussion protocol as well who 
Wasn't Stafford back in concussion protocol yep. again as well? For the second time in three weeks. Now, the Stafford one a couple of weeks ago against the Bucks really annoyed me because they put him in concussion protocol after the game. So surely they knew during the game. And I, I think there was some form of investigation, which is why they pulled him out when they did. Some skullduggery? I think, yeah, I think if they played him all the way through again, there would have been some serious questions um asked there but yeah so matt stafford's in the in the concussion protocol and i i I think if you go in this concussion protocol twice in three weeks you should have to sit a couple of games like yeah your health you've got to sit longer than the week like yeah especially the way their season is going as well you know it's like they're very close surely they're very close to the just like let's just look towards next year stage you know but they're three and seven so they're three games out in the division with six, with no Cooper seven, Cup, with no Cooper Cup now potentially with no Stafford, um, yeah, I, I think if Stafford's going to be out for two games plus, I'm trying to think. I think it was was it Golden Tate um, a couple of years ago who had two concussions. No, it was Sterling Shepard who had two Brandon Cooks in three weeks. Uh, Wasn't it Brandon Cooks had ago. like two concussions because everyone That's freaked it. out Brandon about Cooks him and they were up. yeah, cool. Everyone was like just fire sale and dynasty getting rid of him for like a third round pick because they were like, oh no, his career is going to be over. <laughs> Because he's had two concussions to do. Right. Yeah, I think there's a few instances. So I think he's got to sit for a couple of games. Um, we lost Clyde Wittelaire, which isn't, for fantasy, a huge loss, but obviously really sad. Lost Kadarius Tony once again, the man who you'll never see an injury on Kadarius Tony because it's just miraculous. I've never seen a player get so injured and the TV camera never once picks up when he gets injured. It's just like, oh, he's gone, that's it. Um, he's a magician. Mike Williams, yeah, Mike Williams came back and he got hurt, so that's that's him I played him in Scott Fishbowl. I literally sat George Pickens to play Mike Williams because I have Justin uh. Herbert. So I was like, oh, I'll have this stack for the Chargers game against the Chiefs. It'll be great. No, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Spoiler. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't to about Scott Fishbowl. I'm, I'm so glad that tonight is the last day of Scott Fishbowl and I can fold that team up forever. I, I've lost four quarterbacks in that no. <laughs> Four. I, it literally, my start set decision is do I play PJ Walker or Andy Dalton? Nice. I to be fair, Andy Dalton, I played him this week. He balled out for me in Scottish Bowl, so respect. Yeah. But yeah, no, I had Carson Wentz, he's gone. I had Jameis Winston, he's gone. I had PJ Walker, he's gone. <laughs> I was like, I am struggling. I am struggling here, man. Like Justin Herbert hasn't been himself this year. It's been it's been tough going, man. No, it's been been a really tough one. Uh for injuries. We still got more. One Dale Robinson, he is done for the year with oh, an ACL. Yeah. That was heartbreaking. Um, and so that it's the sixth. It's the sixth Jets wide receiver to have torn their ACL in the last nine seasons at MetLife. Like that's. I said. Wild. I tweeted. It wasn't about that, but I was like, "Curses are real" because of the way the Jets lost that game. I was like, "This is crazy." There is some certain weird things in football, man, that you just scratch your head about. Yeah, and it's definitely happening to the to the Giants right now. And then uh, Jalen Warren also picked up a hamstring injury, which kind of freed. Um, it yeah. freed Najee Harris at yeah. last. And Najee yeah. Harris, for the first time since week one, actually looked like he was a running back. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and That's I benched off. him everywhere since I've got so much of him. I actually benched him everywhere because I was like, you can't really use Najee Harris right now. But um, yeah, he he did all right this week. So uh, go figure that one. So a lot of injuries, a lot of still ongoing injuries. Obviously, we're going to be watching what happens with with Fields, and and obviously yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens with 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 pits, but we're getting down to bare bones now. Like we were talking off air just before we started about some of the waiver wire pickups. And it's like, 
I've never been so excited to try and have a go at Latavius Murray in all my life. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah come on. Is, that Is this 2017? <laughs> no, exactly. That. I feel like I said this a few weeks ago, right? I said that I can't wait for Todd Gurley to appear in week 16 and come and win a championship for someone because, well, like, yeah, I mean, I picked up David way. Johnson. Like I picked him <laughs> up last week. I was like, David Johnson. Yes, please. <laughs> Cause some, someone's going to come out of the woodwork now. Some yeah. like, like, like we're going to have CJ yep. Anderson 2.0 happen where someone's going to come out of the woodwork. Who's not even not been on a roster or been on a practice. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's going to come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna come play for Jeff Saturday. He's yes, like, move over, Matt yep. Ryan. Andrew Luck comes. Jeff is gonna be like the center. He's gonna get out there, be the player coach, and Andrew Luck's gonna come out of retirement. And Jonathan Taylor's gonna score seven touchdowns. By the way, if that happens, I'm gonna <laughs> clip this. I'm gonna clip this and put this yes. everywhere. I'm gonna send it to the Colts and say, Nostradamus. "Hey guys, we've we've come up with this brilliant plan. Yeah, um, we can save you know, your season." We can save your season. Good enough to pick like 15th. Because <laughs> you can't make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, horrific. I mean, like we're in such dire straits, man. But let's talk about some things that we learned in, in week 11. Is there anything that kind of really surprised you other than bad games and other than your, your Vikings? Is there anything that really shocked you like from a fantasy football perspective this week that was just like, I didn't expect that? Well, I think... 2022 is perfectly summed up in the fact that we're now in week 11. And I said to you before the game, Jamal Williams is the leading touchdown scorer, rushing touchdown scorer. And we're 11 weeks in. I mean, if that was like one, maybe two weeks in, you'd be like, ah, oh, you know, crazy stuff happens at the start of the season. Everybody 11 weeks in and Jamal Williams is the leading touchdown, rushing touchdown scorer in the NFL. I think that kind of sums up the season in my opinion. So that, that surprised me. Um, it felt like it was just a weekend of, good players and good teams just struggling. Like, don't get me wrong. I've said many times, you know, the Vikings are frauds this year. I didn't think we were eight, eight and one team, but I didn't expect us to get chinned like that. You know, we might, you might as well have called us the Minnesota sausage suppers. Cause we got battered, you know, like we were absolutely destroyed. Like it was embarrassing. And, you know, honestly, I, I just thought like the giants, I def definitely expected them to be able to beat the lions. Um, the way they've been playing uh, the, the, you know, we talked about it already with the Ravens. I expected them to kind of walk all over the Panthers. Um, it just it just felt like Saquon Barkley, Justin Jefferson, all these players that you were like in prime spots. Even Brian Robinson had 26 rush attempts last week against the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. Then they play one of the you know the worst rush defense in the NFL, and he gets you know he only plays what like 30 percent of the snaps or something. It's it was just a weird week. It felt like you know it felt like everything you expected to happen didn't happen and then we got all these like amazing rookie wide receivers breaking out and all this craziness happening so it was just a lot of a lot of unexpected you know 2022 yeah it's it's just bizarre like when you look at you look at the scoring this week i mean anybody that ha i mean first of all i put on twitter 2-2 two, two atwell scoring a touchdown <laughs> yes. like shout out rich cooling his heart <laughs> must be throbbing <laughs> I I'm like, you have to explain that one to me. The geezer's never caught an NFL pass. <laughs> and like, he's starting. It's going to be like some crazy league he's in. And like, because I don't, I don't get it. I get how you can start a guy who's never caught an NFL pass, never looked likely to catch an NFL pass. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was wild. Um, I mean, yeah, as you say, really bizarre week. I mean, who would have had, 
uh, Samaji P. Ryan as the RB2 of the week for 30 PPR points. Um, and I mean, some of that was injury, but he was performing even with mixed yeah. on the field. Um, so it wasn't all injury. Um, and then you've got, you know, just some guys just absolutely popped. And then you had some guys absolutely tanked. Like for me, you mentioned the wide receivers. So I'll get onto them now. You're talking about five wide receivers in the top 10 in PPR points this week. And they finished six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Alavi at six, Watson at seven, Robinson at eight, Pickens at nine, and Burks at ten. Like that, I can't yeah. remember a week in history. In fact, and I'm sure there is, and someone can at me or tell me, and that's fine. But I can't remember a week where there were five rookie performances in the top ten. And granted, there's Monday Night Football to go, and we still got DeAndre Hopkins that so he might break that, and yeah. etc. But I, I just think that's. That's insane. Like to have six, seven, eight, nine, ten uh, on the week. And and again, you're talking about guys who these guys aren't on great offenses. Like Alave's done it all year with a pretty ropey quarterback. Watson, I mean, yeah, he had that big breakout game. I don't think anyone expected a, a repeat of that. Uh, you know, Robinson, who was coming in questionable, we weren't even sure if he was gonna play. Um, turned out he probably shouldn't have. Um, but again, huge performance from him. Pickens on that terrible offense, and then Burks yeah. on that terrible offense. Like I'm not even talking about play- they're talented players, but they're not. Yeah. they're not. They're not a good offenses that are known for putting up huge wide receiver performances. So it's just wild this week. Yeah, totally. No, I think, and like you said, I mean, I think it's it's sort of there's lots of things we can take away from it. I think that this wide receiver class is actually better than we were told. Do you know what I mean? Because I think everybody kind of undersold the class and said that it was rubbish and garbage and there's only two or three good players and stuff. And it's like, well, actually there's some pretty talented players in this class, but also like we said, it's the year of chaos. It's 2022. Jamal Williams is the leading rushing touchdown scorer. I mean, there's five of the top 10, you know, wide receivers are rookies. Like it's, it is mental. Like it is crazy, you know? It's, it's just yeah, it's a it's a bizarre season all around. I mean, like Trenton Irwin finished the wide receiver twenty on the week with two two out. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to go and look at my wide receiver rankings this week because there's no way I put Trenton Irwin and two two out well in the top twenty. Like, not a hope, not a no. hope that happens. So yeah, pretty, pretty tough gig, uh, tough week, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, you say start your studs, but it's it was a tough one all round. Is there anything else you kind of took away from from the week that that really sort of surprised you? No, um, I mean, like I said, like you said, you've touched a lot a lot of it. The, you know, the rookies playing really well, the injuries, the you know, kind of players that we thought were going to be good struggling. It's it's been a crazy week. I think for me, it's just I was thinking about this last week, and then just this week kind of re- reinforced it for me. It's even when you play a lot of like I play primarily dynasty but like in season it's crazy how much people are reactionary you know so one good game boosts somebody's stock like crazy and then one bad game and everyone's like they're a bum they suck you know and like get rid of them they they're horrible and you're just like i think especially if you do play dynasty my biggest thing at the minute is just to keep a level head and stick to your guns and make smart moves that you're thinking about for the long term not to like you know completely empty the cupboards and go for it this year by getting rid of a bunch of young studs. Like, you know, I've seen Jamar chase got traded the other day for like, you know, 
I think it was like Amon Ra and a second or something like that, which is like, I like Amon Ra a lot, but you know, we still don't know what that offense looks like with Jameson Williams coming back. Um, you know, Jamar chase. Yes. He's a bit boomer bust, but so are anybody. I mean, look at Justin Jefferson this week, gave you seven or eight points, but he also has that mm-hmm. ability to give you 45, 50 points and win you your week. So, you know, for me, it's like, let's not make any knee jerk reactions. Let's not, especially in dynasty understand and redraft is a different beast. You got to go all in, especially if you're on the verge of playoffs, you got to go for it and be aggressive. But, you know, try and try and think a little bit level headed, take the emotion out of it, maybe get a second opinion Mm -hmm. on any trade you're doing, things like that, just so you don't do something you really regret, you know. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And and I completely agree with you about reactionary. There's so much box score scouting. And then there's there's two camps. There's the people that box score scout and chase points, which is just the worst thing you can do. And then there's the people that have their unconscious or conscious biases. So there was a big um there was a big feeling on a lot of players this week. Darius Tony seemed to be the hotness this week. I even asked people why. I'm curious to hear because I'm I was out on Kadarius Tony this week. I didn't see based on his snap share, based on his new, you know, people underestimate that the Chiefs offense is complicated. It's a complicated offense. You don't pick that up in a week or two weeks. So you're going to be very limited in what you do. People are like, well, he's a former first round pick. I mean, if that's the argument we're using, Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, like we've got so many we can throw out here that 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 is not a reason to because one team overvalued your talent. I'm not saying he's not a talented player. I watched him at Florida a lot as a Gator fan. I think he's got talent, but he's got a very unique skill set, and he's an athlete first and a football player second. I think that, for me, is a difference to other players. When I look at when I look at you know other players out there that were just like so many overvalued based on talent situation, and less so on opportunity and. People confuse opportunity. People look at those like three players are out. This is now an amazing opportunity. Look at what happens in LA. All Cooper Cup's out. It's an amazing opportunity for someone or it's a diluted situation and everybody gets a very morsel piece. Like injuries don't represent opportunity as much as people think they do. Say with Tony, oh, well, Hardman's out. Well, Juju's out. So it's going to be him who gets the ball. Well, you're disrespecting guys like Watson who've been on that roster all season who know the playbook, have run those routes and maybe not had the catches to go along with the work they've done. And I think that's a really key point that people forget, that actually injuries can really convolute situations. Like they can actually make them more difficult instead of more clear. And we, I think this season we're seeing a lot more of that where – Wide receivers get hurt and it goes into more of a committee role and you're seeing guys emerge from 
you know, the practice squad or just deep down on the roster, just all of a sudden making small impacts. Not enough for fantasy relevance, but they're taking away from a player going. It's not like, okay, so Devontae Adams is going to go down, so Mac Hollins is going to go and get 10 for six, no, ten for 121-2 this week. Like, no, they'll just split it amongst other guys on the roster. Like, I just... I think that's yeah, the key I, thing that people have. Yeah, thought. I agree. I think I would take it even a step further. And I would say specifically when you break it down into positions, I would say wide receiver, you're even more right about that than with running back. Like with running back, I yeah. think it is a little bit more right. plug and play because we yeah. saw when Jonathan Taylor went down, Deion Jackson stepped in and was running back yeah. one on the week. Because if most, most, not all, but most running backs that are good enough to be on an NFL roster. If you give them 25, 30 carries, they'll probably give you something worth you know playing in your fantasy lineup. But especially wide receiver, man, it's a lot more, like you said, skill-based. It's about knowing the playbook. It's about having that rapport with the quarterback. Um, and yeah, so absolutely, it's easy to get you know, mouth-watering, just tantalized by like what could be with players like Kadarius Tony, the Chiefs offense, or we're all guilty for it with the 49ers offense. You know, we always yeah. want pieces of the 49ers offense. But the thing is, like you said, we have to remember that, you know, and that's what I was saying when CMC went to the 49ers, my whole thing was, man, I don't trust Shanahan. Like, and I just don't, yeah. for fantasy, I don't trust Shanahan because a, he doesn't care about fantasy football. B, he's literally like that kind of guy where he'll just be like, hey, you know what? Um, this team we're playing, they're really weak against the tight end. It's a George Kittle week, and he'll give him 15 targets. The very next week, he'll be like, oh, I just need George Kittle to block all week. I'm, uh, It's a Brandon Ayuk week. You know what I mean? Or he'll be like, I'm pissed off at so-and-so. He doesn't get any carries this week. It's all Jeff Wilson before he was traded, you know, but now it's Elijah Mitchell. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right, 100%. I think there's a lot of emotion, and that's understandable, but we have to really, as fantasy football players, dynasty players especially, you have to try and take the emotion out of it and that's one thing i'm really conscious about trying to do i see a lot of players but i see a lot of analysts get really into like take lock and then that like underlying sort of theme they're just looking for things to kind of reaffirm their prior notions on a player so if they had 100%. told themselves that that player sucks they may have a great three-week stretch and then the minute they drop a pass like oh see i told you this guy was a bum oh you know look at this guy he can't catch the ball you know it's like you just have to be willing to change. Like I was wrong about Geno Smith. Like hands up. I've said it so many times. Like, <laughs> like I did not was. think Geno Smith was good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, honestly, I've gone out and bought him in multiple places now because I'm like, Hey, I'm going to try and change my opinion when it seems it's the right thing to do. And I think that's one of the best things you can do in fantasy is like, look, you, you're going to get it wrong, man. Like we're going to all get it wrong. We're guessing about a game within a game, you know? And it's like, you have to be quick to change your opinion and quick to move in the other direction when necessary. Yeah, and and that's a really key point. And you know, one of the areas of fantasy football that people don't analyze is, as you mentioned, the coaching staff. What are the coaching staff going to do? So, like you talked there, a classic example about um, the 49ers and Shanahan. Look, Shanahan is tasked to win Super Bowls. He has a, a really unique opportunity to win his division that probably wasn't in play in in August. Um, but the Rams are so bad that the, the you know the Cardinals haven't been good. Like yeah. he's got to beat out Geno Smith and the Seahawks to win the division. If you had told Kyle Shanahan that in September, he'd have laughed in your face. Like, that was not a situation that should have been in play. And he, at the moment, is rotating these players because he wants to keep them fresh. And it's very difficult to predict who the hotness is going to be that week in the Shanahan offense. And it is difficult. And you have to start all of those players. And they're very high ceiling, high, uh, low floor players. Almost every one of them, including Christian McCaffrey, every single player in that offense is easily prepared to put up five points or less because Shanahan could just go, nope. 
Yeah, and, well, and, exactly. And I mean, that's and change the scenario. That was for me. I mean, I, I'll be honest, like I said, I did it for several years as well, but last year was kind of my like breakup with Shanahan. Me and Shanahan were divorced. We don't speak anymore. He doesn't have my number. You know, I've changed numbers. <laughs> I don't even talk to him in the street. I go across the street, so I don't have to talk to him. It's like, you know, the whole Brandon Ayuk thing just really completely was the nail in the coffin for me because mm. I know Brandon Ayuk is a talented receiver. I really like Brandon Ayuk, but the fact that he basically just was in the doghouse three quarters of the year. And it was literally just down to like, Oh, he's not blocking the way I want him to, or he doesn't, you know, his attitude wasn't a certain way. And it's like, man, I just, I, I can't be bothered with that, you know, with dealing with that in my roster. So I don't, I actually don't go out of my way to try and acquire San Francisco players because I feel like the premium that you have to pay for them isn't mm -hmm. worth the like steady production that you can get from them. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's just, it's just one of those things. Like, don't get me wrong. I do have a couple of pieces here and there, but I don't go out of my way to acquire them, even yeah. though I totally love Debo as a talent. I love Ayuk as a talent. I love Kittle. I think he's one of the most talented tight ends in the league. I love him, but I also hate the fact that there's a, quite a few times where Shanahan's like, look, you're going to be our extra offensive lineman all game and you're just going to block like crazy and get one target, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's just absolutely wild. And, you know, there's other teams where that is in play. You know, you, you, I'm going to talk about Rashad White in a bit. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about him in negative terms because it's not about the talent, but the situation doesn't lend to him being a good fantasy asset. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is another one. Isaiah Pacheco was absolutely outstanding on Sunday. He absolutely ran his nuts off, looks like a great pure runner, yet doesn't get any targets. And his 100-plus yard game equates to 10 points in fantasy football because he doesn't get targets. He's not going to get the goal line carries. So Isaiah Pacheco looks like an unbelievable running back who is just not going to be that great for you in fantasy football. He is a very low-ceiling player. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't roster him because this season, 10 points is probably good enough to be the RB15 on the week. It's definitely <laughs> a starting position. But, yeah. but the bottom line is, is in most years, we wouldn't be chasing 10 fantasy points from a player. And yeah. unfortunately, that this is where situations, especially where you've got complicated offenses, you know, you've got complicated offenses like the Chiefs, like like San Francisco, like the Buccaneers, it's not as easy to make the make the tea leaves read what you want them to read, because it's it's not just down to oh well they've got Mahomes at quarterback, so naturally every receiver is going to do quite well. It's actually a very complicated scheme, and it's based on the situation. They'll go to the guy they think is going to make the play in that situation, and they'll spread the ball around because they've spread the ball around all year. We shouldn't just assume there's a couple of injuries. Oh well, this guy's going to get all the ball. Like it does. That's not how NFL teams work. They will, you know, they don't care who catches the ball. They don't care who runs the ball necessarily. All they care about is winning the football game, and they're going to pick the best plays and the best open designs to do that. And a lot of that's reactionary, especially outside of the opening fifteen plays. Like if you want to see who the coach's favorites are, go get yourself NFL Game Pass and go look at who is getting the ball in the first fifteen plays. Because that will tell you who the coaches' favorites are because they're the pre-schemed plays. They're the ones that are pre-designed by the, the quarterback, the coaching staff, and the offensive coordinator. And they plan them together and they draw them up and make their best 15 plays. And they're pre premeditated unless there's an audible. They're the ones you can tell who are the coaching favorites. So that's where the only kind of tea-leaving is. But on those complicated offenses, don't just assume there's an injury. Don't assume there's a situation where someone's going to walk in and get 10, 10 targets because it's just not going to happen. Uh, and we're seeing this 
across multiple teams in the NFL this year. Like it's 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 a very different time from a few years ago where we had these very narrow fantasy teams like uh like like the Packers. Well, you know, Devontae Adams is going to get his. You know that as a result, Aaron Rodgers will be fine because he's got Devontae Adams. And you know Aaron Jones is going to be fine. And that's basically how you play. And then the same with the Ravens. Well, you know you're going to start Lamar. You're going to start uh, Hollywood Brown. And you're going to start Mark Andrews. And like you have these really narrow teams. And now I think it's a bit different. You're going to have these guys come out of the weeds and have pop-up weeks like we've seen Ben Skoronek have the couple this this year. We've we've seen it with Justin Watson this week uh, put up 11 flex-worthy points. Like, it's going to happen. And these guys are going to come out of the woodwork, especially as situations become more, more complicated. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Like, I think... You're right. I think it's a great year, like especially if you play Dynasty, it's actually a great year to not be very good because like you know what I mean? Like I feel like it's a great year to just be like selling off like any like out like your tertiary pieces that aren't you're not planning on building, mm-hmm. just acquire capital and look towards the next year. I think it's a really tough year to be really in the thick of it because so many people are getting injured, so much uncertainty and you have that draw of like you want to win, but at the same time you're like, "Oh, I don't want to give up like all my like future picks and everything for like some 29 year old running back, you know, like just so I can try and win this year. So it's a tough, it is a tough year, man. Like I think that's why, you know, honestly for me, everyone's different. I love coming on shows like this. I love finding the things that you enjoy about fantasy football. Let's remind ourselves about what we actually enjoy about the game. Cause it's, it's been tough in a lot of, you know, a lot of seasons, a lot of people's leagues has been tough. You know, you've had so many injuries or you've had, you know, just trades that didn't go your way. Things have happened. And, you know, honestly being able to talk football with friends or being able to just like have a laugh and have a bit of banter. And like I did, a, am in a league with, um, you know, Jeff Greenwood on Twitter there, you know, the yeah. fantasy, you know, and, and like he, he's the co-host of the tackle dummies pod and me and him yeah. are playing each other. Oh, you've got a mute. So I, sorry about that. I, um, you know, I did a little funny, like just trash talk video to draft this weekend. Cause we're playing each other in his league and the, tra- in the tackle dummies league. And I was like, you know, just talking about a bit of trash and having banter and just trying to remember, like, let's just remind ourselves what we enjoy about fantasy football. You know, let's have fun with it should actually be fun at the end of the day. I know it sounds crazy, but it should <laughs> be fun. Yeah, it, it should be fun. And, and like, I, I remember having a conversation with someone this week and it was about a trade that went down the league and it was, you know, not a trade that I was a big fan of, but I spoke to the person who made that trade and they were like, I'm happy. I got the two of my favorite players on the roster. And I'm like, how can I argue that? Like, it's fun. Like the guy's got two of his favorite players. He loves watching on Sundays on his roster. Yeah. Okay. He overpaid, but it's his team. Like if he's happy, I'm like, why did you do the trade? Well, cause I've got both their jerseys. I've got them signed. I love them. I wanted them on my roster. I get I overpaid, but it's my team and I want to have fun. And I'm like, I can't argue that. Like, I can't argue it in the slightest. Yeah. Like, that's what it's about, right? You play your favorite exactly. players and you, and you I, just have fun. I would 10 out of 10 times rather be in a league with a bunch of people like that who are trading, talking trash, having banter, you know, just like rubbing it in each other's faces when they win, even if their roster isn't the sexiest roster or whatever, you know, just because they're having fun, they're having a go, they're enjoying it. There's the camaraderie that comes with it because it is a game we're supposed to be having fun. I think we get way too serious sometimes with our fantasy football. And, you know, honestly, I mean, so people get so like, Matt, do you remember back to the summer when people were literally, um, you know, cursing each other and like starting civil wars over Gabe Davis? You know, it's like, who cares? Like, calm down, people. Like, let's have have a laugh let's have a bit of fun yes let's give our best takes and our best advice and let's try our best to win because winning is fun 
but at the end of the day, you know, it's about like the friends you're, you're playing with the people, you know, the bragging rights, but it's like having a bit of fun, you know? So I just, I think, you know, that's why I'm really enjoying this show, man. Like, thanks for having me on because do you know what? It was a tough weekend and busy weekend. And like, you're just kind of tired. And then you're like, Hey, you know, it's good to chat, have a laugh, enjoy, you know, having a laugh, talking football and just enjoy yourself, you know? Yeah. Amen. And listen, open invite. Anytime you want to come on, there's an open invite for you. I've said this before. We'll get you on more regularly because, yeah, as you say, it's it's just about having fun. Yeah. And, and like Dan, you said, everyone... <laughs> <laughs> shout out Dan, love Dan. Yeah, uh, Dan's Dan's a dude, absolutely dude. Is. But yeah, oh well, it's uh, listen, it's I think you hit the nail on the head. It, especially this time of year, this season's hard. It's a hard year. yeah, and and it's gonna be what? lucky whoever ends up as whoever ends up as champs yes. this year. Exactly. It's a bigger element of luck than, than yes. previous years for me because of the war. And you know what? I actually thought about the other day. I'll just say this. And then I know I'm rabbiting on here. So apologies. No, but good. I am, you know, you invite me over onto the show. You got to know you're going to get a hatchet man. who's going to talk too much and you have to man. mute me. Um, but look, I mean, dude, we're coming up on Christmas. It's a month away. This should be a fun, exciting, happy time of year. You know, we've worked hard. We've had a long season. Like, let's not get all like our panties in a bunch over like some trades or some waiver wire misses or you know whatever let's have fun remind ourselves why we do this like have a good time build relationships be nice people don't be dicks you know it's not that hard a hundred percent and i think uh i think everyone needs that reminder i, I need that reminder every time and every time and again like you just sit there and you get caught up in your own mess and 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 listen i the one thing i'll take from this season is there's a lot more I put this the other day, there's a lot more hate on Twitter towards fantasy analysts. Like I have felt more hate this year, uh, especially xenophobia in particular, I feel like has gone through the roof this year. Um, shows I've done and people haven't even heard me speak. They hear the first word out of my mouth and go, well, this clown knows nothing because he's from the UK. Like how can he know anything about fantasy football? And it's just like, all right, you've not even like, at least listen to the show. If you think after an hour I'm an idiot, then I can't argue that. But I just think there's a lot of, and I think part of this is, you know, there's this whole fantasy receipts account thing that's going on. And I know that Josh Larky's posted a lot on this. And I don't have a problem with the account in its idea, like of taking takes and, and using it for a bit of comedy. It's not my sort of comedy, but I, like, I think if if people self-submitted them, like it went, hey, look, I posted this take and it's awful and everyone's having a laugh at it. I think that would be quite a funny approach to that account that I'd go, yeah, okay. My issue with it is twofold. One, it's, it seems to pick on up-and-coming analysts that are learning and refining their process. And they're open and honest enough to admit that. They're not trying to say, hey, we're knocking home runs here. They're giving their honest advice and opinions based on how they're distilling information. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And they're going to be wrong. God, the first year I was doing this podcast, I threw out a ton of crap. I mean, I still throw out a ton of crap that's wrong every year. We all do. Yeah. Like, we always get crap wrong every single year. But that yeah. those early years, I got a lot more wrong because, hey, my process was very young and not well refined and not defined enough. And I hadn't got into really advanced metrics and I hadn't got my tape watching all the way down and didn't watch every game and all those sorts of things. And as you go through, you refine your process and every year you get better. It's the 10,000 hour principle. So picking on young analysts really good. Like that really grates me on that account because they're people that aren't saying they're not paid people in the industry. They're not earning 50,000 pounds a year trying to do this. They're, they're just trying to work out a process. And the only way you can do that is by doing it, putting rankings out there, putting takes out there. And I think yeah. that's a really harsh thing to to judge people on and then to set a pack of wolves on them, which is the biggest problem yeah. I have with that account, which is it's very visceral. And I, I'm getting more and more DMs and more and more replies that are xenophobic, that are of a nature that are beyond reasonable. Now, I don't mind people arguing me and telling me I'm wrong. I don't mind people saying, I think your process is, is wrong. And I'm up for the debate. I don't mind disagreement and I don't mind the debate. What I do mind is personal name calling. You know, someone went into my DMs this week and called me a worthless piece of SHIT. And like, that's just unnecessary. Like, it's just, that's not pleasant for anybody. It's not pleasant for me. It's not pleasant for, for anybody. But there is, this is increasing. It's a, it's a large amount of people now that is thinking that that behavior is okay. And I find this year, that that is escalated fivefold, tenfold. I mean, I've always had a bit, but I find this year it's. It, I don't know about you. If you see that or feel it, but I, I yeah, I mean, do. I think it's really. I, I'm actually glad you brought up the conversation. You know, to be honest with you, because I think it's important that we talk about these things. You know, because honestly, like this time of year, you know, always reminds me. And this is not really off topic, but it's just this is my journey on my thought on it. Is you know, one of my best friends growing up. Um, committed suicide around this time of year, you know, a couple of years back. And I didn't even know that he was struggling with anything. You know what I mean? I didn't know that he was depressed or, you know, um, cause you know, we're like his guys a lot of times, you know, we just, oh yeah, it's all good. Yeah. And like, you just pretend like everything's fine. And, you know, I remember really, really hit me hard and I still think about it and stuff because obviously one of my best friends, I grew up with the guy and, but I guess what I was going to say is you never know what people are going through. You never know what people, you know, people can be like, the funniest, most outgoing, most chatty person in the world, Robin Williams. He was one of the most, you know, interesting, funny, uh, just warm characters, loved people, cared about people and suffered strongly with depression. And, you know, we know how that story goes. Um, but my point is, is like, yeah, absolutely. I think the sad thing is, is that at the moment in the world on Twitter and just in general, it's like negativity gets a lot more buzz and a lot more praise than positivity, you know, because you said the fantasy receipts count. I don't have a problem with receipts in the sense that uh, I agree that there's a lot of kind of rubbish, like hot takey mm. takes that get thrown around. <laughs> and no, I then I always think, and this is just me. I always think I'm like, look, you know, I'm not 
you know, Mike Wright, the fantasy hitman. I'm not this guy who's got 150,000 followers and the biggest, you know, platform in the world. But if I'm going out there and I'm like, this player sucks, you need to sell this player. I'm always sort of like cognizant of like the idea, like what if people listen to me and they go and sell that player for like pennies on the dollar. And then it turns out that player was actually really good. And I was giving horrible advice. So I always kind of think about that before I give out these takes, especially strong takes where I really am like passionate about something. But I think a lot of people are shooting from the hip, especially this last off season and saying some stuff that was a bit maybe out of pocket. And I think that's, fair enough to call people out on that kind of stuff. But I think you're exactly right. And I think you nailed it. There's a major difference between saying, Hey, I think that call was really bad. And Hey, Hey, you're worthless or Hey, you're an idiot or you're stupid or you don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, for some reason, and there was a, another account that got, you know, made, it was like, something like fantasy positive receipts or something like that. Right. Mm. And like, honestly, I saw it the other day and it has like 400 followers, you know what I mean? But yet this fantasy receipts account has like 20,000 followers. And it's like, people want, you know, people want to see the negativity. They want to see people get drug in the streets. They want to make fun of people, pile on people. And honestly, if you don't like somebody's takes, just unfollow them or just don't, you know, respond or don't engage with it. You know, it's a free world. You can choose who you want to follow, who you want to engage with, who you want to talk to. And like I said, at the end of the day, there's plenty of those people that they've brought up that I don't really agree with their analysis or whatever, but I certainly don't go out of my way to attack them or to make them feel like worthless people because, Hey, I don't know. Like, Hey, that's wrong. <laughs> a, that's wrong. You don't ever need to do that. It doesn't need to be personal and B like, you just don't know what people are going through. You know what I mean? You really don't. And as somebody who has struggled with mental health in the past and things like that, you know, you don't want to be the person who's just adding more weight on that person's shoulders. And like, honestly, being a, a content creator is a difficult, vulnerable thing. You're basically saying, here's how I feel about something that you could be completely wrong about. And you're throwing yourself out there. You're being honest and vulnerable. And you're often, if you're a content creator trying to do too much, so you're doing rankings and you're doing podcasts, and you're doing articles, and you're doing this, and you're doing that. And so you're stretching yourself really thin. And you're trying to grow and you're trying to learn. So it's like, yeah, dude, again, like I said, it goes all back to like, we need to calm down. We need to have fun. We need to be mm-hmm. kind people. And we just need to give people a bit of grace and try and realize that like, Hey, even if I dislike your take or I think your take is wrong, that's absolutely fine. I have people, like you said, I have people I disagree with or even, you know, quote unquote, argue with, you know, about stuff because I really love like James Cook. You know, I'm like, oh, I think he's a good player. And then people are like, you're an idiot. He's not a good player. And I'm like, I think he is. And then we have a back and forth. And that's okay. But as soon as like it becomes, well, you're a moron. You don't know what you're talking about. You've obviously never seen, you don't understand football, all that kind of stuff. It's like, look, hold on a second. You know, like we don't need to. We don't need to get personal about it. We don't need to like actually attack people. We can disagree and still be friends. And I think that's important. I think real friends know how to disagree because it's like that old saying, faithful are the wounds of a friend. You know, it's like, look, your real friends will say, look, dude, you're making a mistake. What are you doing? Don't do that. Mm. That's a bad idea. But at the same time, they've got your back. You know what I mean? And I just think, uh, yeah, sorry. I know I'm going on, but I I think that was a good point you made. No, I, I, I'm with you 100%, and I think that's so important. The two things that, that got me there really touched me. One, first of all, that really sorry that you've had to go through losing someone. I've lost someone in uh, a really good friend of mine in very similar circumstances, and this time of year really does put mental pressures on people that that you you don't know what people are like and yeah. have to go through that. So I'm sorry that you have gone through that because I've been there, and it's a horrible, horrible feeling because – you feel guilty yourself. You feel like you should have done yeah. something or you could have done something or, and you question yourself and in the long run, you couldn't have. And, and like, yeah. but that takes a long time to get to that realization and it, you torture yourself over it. So I, I appreciate you being honest there because it's hard. The second thing I'd say is that you hit the nail on the head that you don't know what people are like. I am one of, I'm a pretty gregarious and outgoing person. It's, 
not a front, but it is a defense mechanism because I've been bullied for the last 30, 31 years of my life. I've quit jobs. I've changed schools because of the way I look, because of my hair color and all sorts of different things. I've gone to places and not fit in. I've gone to workplaces and people talk behind my back or have stolen things or whatever it is, right? And there are experiences in life that have made me tougher and stronger. And I have a certain amount of mental fortitude that's occurred as a result of all of that. But people, and my lesson to people is this, you can be, you can see someone who's very gregarious, very outgoing, as you mentioned, Robbie Williams, was someone who seems like they are a really, really tough person that like, hey, they give it out hard, they take it hard, like, but actually, a lot of that can be a defense mechanism. Like when I read stuff, sometimes I can really just, if I'm having a really good day, and I'm really well centered and in a really good place, I can brush that stuff off like quite quickly. If I'm having a really tough time, like that, I can read that comment like 60 times and like center on it in a really yeah. negative way. And then yeah. it's, it's, and it could be someone I never meet, someone I never planned to meet, someone I'm yeah. never going to interact with before, no one, someone I'm never going to interact with again. But that comment can really stick in my head for a, a period of time to the point where I have to work it out of my system and go, okay, well, I'm not. And you, you have to do positive affirmation to get people to give you positive affirmation. And I think you hit the nail on the head. People just need to, it's, it's not even about being kind, right? Because some people aren't inherently kind people. They find it difficult to be outgoingly kind, which shocks me. But okay, there are people like that. Just if you can't be kind. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis people who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. Just don't be bad. Don't be mean. Just like, just say, I disagree and yeah. call it there. Or don't interact. Yeah. Or do you know what? I'd rather someone on Twitter look at one of my takes, go, this guy's an idiot, and just block me. Like, just block me or mute me. I don't care. Like, because I'll never hear or see the impact of that. But if you go into my DMs and call me a worthless piece of SHIT, that, that I mean, like, that stings. It stings a lot, especially if exactly. it's not going well. And I think that's no, the exactly. part. That if, if one person listens to this and goes, do you know what? That's a fair point. I hadn't quite grasped that or I hadn't quite thought of it like that. Then I think our job here is is done. And I think this has got a lot deeper than we perhaps thought it was going to be at the start. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think, but it's, it's good, man. Like, because this is something that like, honestly, we don't talk about enough because, no. you know, the truth is like, you're probably like me and a lot of other like content creators or people who really love fantasy football. We put a lot of time and energy into it and a lot of thought and passion you know this is what we love we love talking about it we love analyzing and stuff and absolutely it's like just be human be kind to people and if you can't if you have nothing nice to say don't say anything you know what i mean like you don't have to tear people down and be a jerk and honestly like you said you actually made me think of a really good point and we'll move on we'll talk about football i promise um <laughs> but if anybody's listening to this and you are struggling with mental health man first of all that's okay 
everyone struggles at times. I think I would say, I would go so far as to say pretty much everybody struggles at times, whether or not you have a diagnosed mental health issue or whether you're just having a bad week or bad month or you're feeling anxious, life comes at you, things happen. It's okay, but also get help. Speak to somebody. Don't be like my friend who waited too long and didn't get help. You know, Mm -hmm. don't be like, you know, just a tough guy or a girl. Don't be like somebody who just said, I'll figure it out reach out, talk to somebody, a friend, um, a parent, uh, whoever it is, or if you need to, there's places like Samaritans and things like that, where you can literally, um, you know, it it just, because what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then I just thought about, you know, probably a lot of your listeners will probably know who Shane Manila is. Shane is the worst. You know, he's on dynasty trades HQ. He's going to be on my show in a couple, he's going to be on my show in a couple of weeks. Um, And, you know, he shared something there recently where about Mm -hmm. a year or two ago, a couple of years ago, he was just literally about, that close to killing himself you know he's literally just a rock bottom and he just reached out to somebody he had met on twitter and had through our community of Mm -hmm. fantasy football people you know doing crazy silly fantasy football stuff shared how he was feeling talked about it got you know and started that process of getting help and 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 you know he's still here he's still here he's still part of the community still living life and and on his journey and that's a win you know so please don't make a permanent decision to a temporary set of solution you know set of problems and um if you are having any struggles especially coming up this time of year and everything that's been going on reach out to somebody so you know i just think that's important i think we know we got to the where we are for a reason um but we can certainly talk about football as well no i agree and and i'm sure i'm sure i don't need to say this but your dms are open my dms are open if you just want to talk to us whether that's about something serious or even if it's not it's like sometimes just the distraction of talking about something you love can really get the endorphins going and really change your mindset so like i know when i'm really struggling mentally i just there's sometimes I need to talk about it with my wife and, and the people that are very, very close to me and talk that out. And then I'm a talker and then I feel so much better for releasing. Sometimes I'm, when it's not ready, I go and talk about something I love. So whether that's fantasy football. And you know what? I find I do a lot of trades when I'm really just like not in the perfect headspace because <laughs> that's the fun bit. And I start yeah. engaging people. And I start doing, And you know what? It's just a really good reminder of what's important to you. And like fantasy football is important to me. It's important to you. Um, but even just like regular football, just anything else, like I just, you can get yourself, it's it, it's like that going for a walk uh, mentality, like take yourself away from the situation. Perhaps if you don't have the ability to do that, like you're at work or whatever, engage in a chat with someone about something completely innocuous like fantasy football might just make the difference just for at least that buying you that little bit of time just to process things. And So yeah, 100%. But I think, uh, you know, as I say, our DMs are open. We'll go there um, and appreciate anyone that's still listening. Just if you ever just want to share, <laughs> if you want to share anything like along those lines, then just reach out and happily talk to anyone about it. But let's just make the community better and by having more fun. I think that's the key point. We've got about 10 minutes left. Let's talk about some statistical trends. Is there any players that you've been tracking over over the last few weeks that you're thinking uh, you want to be buying or you want to be selling based on any trends that you're seeing at the moment in those players? Yeah, I mean, I've sort of been on a kick there recently. Like I said, my show um, specifically focuses on Dynasty, so I tend to think about Dynasty, so bear with me if you're not in dynasty mindset but in dynasty i feel like one of the things that we love to do is get a little bit overhyped on these like wide receiver three type young Mm -hmm. players that were like yeah nico collins you know like 
yeah, Richard Higgins or whoever that person is because they have a couple of good games or because they have a couple of nice underlying stats. And I think those players are good and they're nice to have. But I, for me, I like having them because I like being able to like sell them high and like sell them like right now. So much buzz going for Josh Palmer. And like, you know, he's just a great example to me of somebody that I think is such a great sell high because honestly, mm-hmm. like if you look at his production profile in college, you look at just even what he has done and what he's accomplished. He had a great game this week, which is awesome. Um, but Mike Williams came in and played 8% of snaps. He was beat up. He wasn't himself. You know, Keenan Allen was there to help out. But like, I don't think Josh Palmer is going to be a top 12 or top 15 wide receiver in the NFL. So if you can package him together or something, get a really underperforming stud or somebody who's like, injured right now at the minute and you know is going to help you next year something like that i think there's a couple of players like him you know that i just think people are so hyping up and they're just really excited about that i'm like look actually don't know if really they're going to ever be like a foundational piece of your dynasty roster they're probably never going to be your wide receiver one or even wide receiver two so a couple mm. of guys like that really to be honest and then honestly somebody that i feel like is completely flying under the radar is Juwan johnson like we're yeah, talking about how what an absolute like wasteland the tight end landscape is, but I picked him up a couple weeks ago for free in Scott Fishbowl, which you know we normally just like the waiver wire is barren, and he's been a godsend, you know, like absolute every week you know he's been getting a few targets he's been getting quite a lot of touchdowns he has a really nice rapport with andy dalton you know even just in a normal sort of ppr league the last three weeks he's had 12.2 15.4 13.7 points so he could be somebody that you know whether you're redraft or dynasty if you're really struggling or hurting at the tight end position what's let let's be honest if you don't have mark andrews or travis kelsey you're hurting or struggling at the tight end position might be somebody that you can acquire for much cheaper than you probably should be able to because there's no name value there nobody's not excited very few people are excited about the saints offense and he's just an unknown person you know we all picked him up off waivers this year basically yeah and you know you could cough up a third round pick if you're contending right now and you need to plug someone in that position and you know realistically what's the success of a third round pick it's not overly high so trading that for for Juwan Johnson if you're competing and you need to fill a hole on that roster if you just lost Kyle Pitts for example not the worst bit of business you're going to do this year. It seems like a very easy trade to do. So um, completely on that one. Um, one of my sell highs in Dynasty right now, if you can get him off your roster, is, is Tony Pollard. Because I don't think we're going to see these heights from him ever again. I think the way that Zeke's contract is structured, the way that's, you know, I'm not saying Tony Pollard is not the more explosive or the better player. Far from it. But the way that that situation is going down from a coaching perspective is, they're just going to keep piling Zeke on. When he's 100%, he's just going to keep eating into Pollard's uh, gap, no matter how good Pollard's been. You know, it goes back to that. You need to get the unconscious bias out of your head that, oh, well, he's the more talented player. He's going to get more of the ball. That's not how the coaching staff view Tony Pollard. All the money or the contract situation is with Zeke. They are going to get every single dollar out of that contract. They're going to run him down to where there is nothing left. That's just how they're playing this game. And it's effective. He's going to get all the goal line work. Tony Pollard's getting all the grunt work. Now, luckily, he's getting a load of receiving work right now. I don't know how sustainable that is because that offense has always been very variant based on wide receivers. And it's always been variant. There's never really been outside of the wide receiver one, the alpha, the second receiver, whether that's tight end, whether that's uh, a secondary wide receiver. And we're going back a few years. It's always varying shifting. It always changes around. There's never one player that consistently smashes it in that offense. So I don't see that receiving work being overly likely to continue at the level it is right now. And I think 
Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. I'd be getting rid of Pollard off my rosters because I think right now you could turn him into some very useful pieces. There'd be some oh, right yeah. now that we win to pay a king's ransom for for Tony Pollard, and I think if you yeah. can get yourself a young stud wide receiver, I'd be doing that. I'd be doing it tomorrow. Like I think if you can get yourself, I mean, we talked about Garrett Wilson. You like to think that his situation will change next year, or if you can get yourself like a T Higgins, that's possible. Maybe not this year, but. Maybe the T Higgins yeah. is out of contention. You never know because they're thinking, well, it's never going to be that great. I don't know. Like, I think you can get some good yeah. pieces. That you no, can, I think you're you right. I on. think Tony Pollard's one of those guys who's been a dynasty darling for a couple of years now and a Twitter darling. And so now that he's actually smashing, I think you're right. You can probably get a King's Ransom for him in a lot of places. I mean, you know, people are always desperate for running backs and they're so excited about him. But like, he's already been in the league for four years. He's going to be getting, you know, a second contract. He's not like a, He's not a spring chicken here, you know? Um, and so I think you're right. I think if you can, uh, dude, what I would say is go and check on Jamison Williams owner. Like if the Jamison Williams owner is like desperate for running back help. It sounds crazy, but you might be able to get Jamison Williams in like a second or a third or something like that for Tony Pollard. I mean, I've seen, I literally traded Zeke for, for Jamison Williams like three or four weeks ago, you know what I mean? Right before he got okay. injured and you know, everyone's way more high on Tony Pollard. So I think those kind of deals are possible. So yeah, I, I like that call. Yeah. And I think, I think it's doable. Like I said, I just got a few trends then just to finish off. First of all, I'd say just drop Isaiah McKenzie he in, uh, in redraft, at least, I, you know, he's absolutely cooked. Uh, now what we're seeing here is bills have switched to more 12 personnel. Um, so as a result, it's going to be less playing time for the third wide receiver on the team. The schedule is going to get much easier. So again, you're going to see more 12. I can't see them taking tons of risk. One target yesterday, zero catches. Dropped below 40% of snaps played. And then you've got Khalil Shakir, who's been, he's flashed. Like, he's not got many receptions this year. But when he has, his yards after catch numbers are really, really good. Um, right up there with some of the best in the league. So... I'm looking at Shakir thinking he could, I'm not saying go pick him up, but he's a player to be keeping an eye on. But I think to be honest, that third wide receiver, as we've just talked about, third wide receiver in Buffalo is not an area to be targeting right now. It's very much the Diggs and, and Gabe Davis show. Um, we talk about tight ends. If you're struggling, uh, Logan Thomas is a guy I'd be picking up. Now I know he's not like an elite tight end. He had that great year a couple of years ago. He's been injured, but you know, he came back with five for 65 yesterday, which is 11 and a half and, you know, PPR points. You're quite happy with that. Um, he's played 75% of snaps. So for the last five weeks, so it's been a pretty consistent level that he's been playing, but he's got the third easiest strength of schedule according to PFF uh, over the next um, three games. He's got the Falcons and then the Giants twice. 
So like that schedule to get you into the playoffs, like if you've just lost Carl Pitts, if you've got Mike Gazicki, if you've got a tight end that you've been struggling with, Logan Thomas is basically free right now. People might, he might be appeared on some people's rosters because or watch this because he's finally put up a game after all this time. But yeah, I'd be looking to make the most out of that. Um, oh look, Stacy's joined in. Hey guys, did I miss any talk on Zach Wilson? Does he stay the starter? Um, personally, I like Mike White. I'd play Mike White, but then it's not my team. You, man. I just don't understand. Like, I really just don't. I think Robert Sala is a great coach and he's great, like defensive minded coach, you know, their defense looks really good. Uh, but I don't know, man, I just don't understand like what they're seeing in Zach Wilson because he had like, I believe it was something like a 56% completion percentage in his rookie year, which is really bad. And then this year he's like 56%. He's not improved. He's not showing signs of improvement. He doesn't look better every game. Um, I don't know. I feel like at this stage, they're very, he, Robert Sala strikes me as quite a stubborn coach, you know, not in a bad way even necessarily, but he's just very single-minded, very like determined. And I feel like he's kind of made up his mind that Zach Wilson's the dude, um, at least for now. And I feel like he's going to stick with him for a while. So I, I hate it. Like, I wish it was like even Joe Flacco, (laughs) like throw out, throw, throw some bombs to Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. But Man, I don't know. I, I feel like he really wants to stick with Zach Wilson. I, I, I don't see it, man. I really don't. I don't think Zach Wilson's got it. I don't at all. And I, to be honest, I wasn't that high on him. I looked at that draft class and him going at two looked like a mistake. And I think the NFL learned from that draft class because we've seen it with this draft class that's just happened with the QBs. Like, you can't tell me that Malik Willis is a huge downgrade on Zach Wilson. I don't think he is. He's certainly not like 90, 100 picks worse than than Zach Wilson. I think what's happened is people looked at these QBs going stupidly early. And I think the NFL's had this sort of referendum that average talent shouldn't be going. You know, and w- this has been a trend over the last five years. Jared Goff, one overall. Mitchell Trubisky, two overall. Baker Mayfield, one overall. Sam Darnold, two overall. You know, at the end of the day, the NFL over the last six, seven years doesn't have a great history of of drafting quarterback. Yeah, okay, Joe Burrow was a great one, one overall. Like, he's proved worthy of that. That draft class, by the way, of him, Tua, and, uh, and Herbert might be the best one of the last 10 years, really, just with those three players and the level that they bring. Yeah. And I think the NFL has kind of made this decision of, hey, we need to cool the Jets on the quarterbacks a little bit because – it's not working. <laughs> like it's not working taking these guys at the top of the board because th- unless you've got a special guy, no one blames the Jags for taking Lawrence. No one's going to blame you for taking a chance on someone like Trey Lance, given the, the unique skill set. But you have to understand that's a long term project. And I think in the right situation, like the 49ers was, we're a coach with a long-term contract. I don't mind that play. I wouldn't have taken him at three, but if that's the guy for you, then, you know, who am I to say? But I think, yeah, Zach Wilson, for me, is just, I think the, the Jets are in a really good opportunity to win that division or at least get, get a, a playoff berth. And I'm thinking you have to go with the guy. And I think if Zach Wilson came out yesterday and said, hey, that loss, that's on me. Sorry, guys. Like, our D was extraordinary. I didn't get it done. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, my perception of him would change significantly. When he says, yeah. does he owe the D an apology? And he goes, no. I, no, it, it, the loss wasn't on us. Like, you scored three points, dude. Like, come on. Like, yeah. you scored you had two yards in the second half, two yards of offense in the entire half of football. 
Like that's yeah. ridiculous. Like that's ridiculous. Exactly. Like, and that's like that's like leadership 101 is like you gotta 100%. take you have to take responsibility. I mean, we we laugh and joke about you know Russell Wilson being super cheesy and all that sort of stuff, but like at least he even does that kind of stuff. He does he'll start out with like, I've got to be better, we've got to play better, it's on me, I need to get better, you know. And it's like that is leadership one on one. You see guys like Josh Allen, you know, they're tore up after a loss, they're just distraught, you know, about the mistakes that they made and things like that. Whereas, like, yeah, even that press conference was just like, Did you guys make a mistake? Nope. Next question. You know, and it's like, okay, I don't know. And and don't, don't get me wrong. Like you said, it could be his defense mechanism. He could just be feeling like crap about himself and like, he doesn't want to get into it. So he just kind of moves past it or whatever, but it's just not a good look, you know, it's not a good look. And Baker Mayfield was very similar. And look at how that story has panned out. Like, I just think you've got to learn and evolve and, and improve. And as you say, Zach Wilson isn't improving. And I you think can't we're at start the point any- now. You can't start any jet right now with confidence. You know what I mean? No. You can hope. You can hope that Michael Carter has a good game. You can hope that Garrett Wilson gets back on track. You can hope that Zach Wilson somehow miraculously turns a corner. But man, you can't start any jet right now with confidence. No. I someone asked me, like, should I trade for Garrett Wilson in a redraft league? And I'm like, who's your wide receiver core? And like his wide receiver five was Pickens. And I was like, Does Garrett Wilson make your team better? And he said, Well, I've got more depth. I was like, yeah, but does he make your team better? Like, he doesn't make yeah. your team better. Does he make your depth better? He becomes your wide receiver six on your team. Like, okay, if you're looking for depth, but, like, you can go get another guy. You can get a guy off a waiver wire that's going to be just as impactful, and you're not going to have to give a piece up to do it. So, yeah, I think I think that's the point, as you say. I think you can't trust any of them with confidence. And, you know, bad quarterbacks can generate good fantasy football play, but somehow Zach Wilson just really can't make it work. And I hope they do sort it out. Um just before I let you go, because I've teased this Rashad White thing for... Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> so I might as well get this out, because I did talk about this... Hot uh, take. With, with our page. It's, it's not a hot take. I just want What I want to do is call the Jets on Rashad White, okay? So people now... Everyone's talking about Rashad White being, like, the hot ad this week coming off the bye, and he's going to get Leonard Fournette's job, and then Fournette's got this... Um, got this hip injury, right? So let's look at that game in Germany, right? 22 carries, 105 yards. Incredible performance. Wins angry runs with that stiff arm where he sent Quantre Diggs like back into the ether. Like, I mean, it was unbelievable. But there was a reason that those opportunities happened. So, first of all, that weekend, week 10, the Buccaneers had the most third downs in the NFL. Um, and they converted on third down 10 of 15 which is just not what the Buccaneers do. So, like, converting on 67%. I think the Bills are the best converting offense in the NFL. They're converting just over 50%. The Bucs this season have been converting at around about 27% on third down. So, they, like, they're not a team that are that bad that they should only be converting on 27% on, on third down, but they also shouldn't be converting on 67% of third down, right? So, those third down, you know, achieving those third downs then allowed them to run the ball. Now, when the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers ran the ball, I think when you take the kneel downs out, it was about 36, 37 times in that game. 24 of the times they ran the ball was on first down. Like That's what the Buccaneers do. The Buccaneers only tend to run the ball 25% of the time and 70% or more of the time that tends to be exclusively on first down. So Rashad White isn't getting receiving work that's really notable. He's not really getting any looks at the goal line. He's not getting any looks. And what he's doing is just getting the first down grunt work. Sort of what I mentioned about Isaiah Pacheco. 
in the sense of, but the difference between Pacheco is they'll give Pacheco 20 carries. In order for White to get 20 carries, he needs Leonard Fournette to not be a thing. He needs the Buccaneers to be extraordinarily brilliant on third down. And they need to be a better offensive line. I mean, like, even their run success in that game was absolutely terrible. They were 20, uh, 20th of 28 in, ter in terms of all the teams that played that weekend on run success in general. But actually, when they ran the ball on first down, which was almost exclusively the whole time they ran the ball, they were 26th of 28th on, third, on, on rushing the ball and run success on first down. So, like, the... <laughs> The reason why people have that positive impression is they look at that game and think, okay, 22 carries, 105 yards. This is it. This is Rashad White's season. I tell you now, if he carries the ball 22 times in a game for the rest of the season, I'll be absolutely gobsmacked. I just don't see it because the Buccaneers don't run the ball that many times. Like, they just don't. And so if you're hanging your hat on that game going, hang on, they're going to turn the corner. I don't think it's going to happen. They paid Leonard Fournette a lot of money. I think he gets more of a role, Rashad White. I think Rashad White is arguably warranted of a full starting role. This isn't a talent problem. They certainly, he certainly looked more explosive. He had multiple runs over 10 yards in that game. But I just don't think he's going to get afforded the opportunity because this is what the Buccaneers don't do. They don't run the football. Like they, they were the league low team last year running the football. They were the league low team in their Super Bowl year at running the football. They're going to be around about the league low team this year running the football. And so when you've now and and Fournette will get that passing work, and I still think Fournette will get the goal line work, and I still think Fournette will get the two minute drill work because he's more accustomed to it. He's been in that role. So what are you leaving Rashad White with? Early downs and that's about it. He's going to get all the early down work. Now, if he rips a few, then great. He might get those 100-yard gains. But I don't see the touchdowns, and I don't see the volume. And I think that's the only reason I'm calling I'm calling the Jets on Rashad White a little bit, because I just don't see where he's going to get the volume to be sustainable. I think you're looking at him thinking, if he gets 10 points, he's had a great week. And I just don't think he gets there often enough. You heard it here, folks. Uh, direct all hate mail at Murph underscore NFL. <laughs> <laughs> God, don't. Not after I told people to sit Kadarius Tony this week. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I literally, that's where most of the hate came from this weekend. I told people to sit Kadarius Tony. Oh, okay. <laughs> and people Fair wouldn't enough. have it. <laughs> I took on Twitter. <laughs> don't do it. But yeah, no, and I, like, I love Rashad White. I'm, I, I'm a big fan. I think he's a very talented running back. It's not a talent problem. It's a Tampa offense problem. Yeah, um, that's that's all it is. So it's not yeah, I, I and I think Rashad White next year. I think so. I think Fournette leaves this team. So I have some, I don't want to say overly inside information, but some stuff that might not be published anywhere that the team didn't actually want to bring Fournette back this year. But it was Tom Brady knocking on the door, insisting that they re signed because he went all the way to New England, didn't he? Leonard Fournette. Like yeah. he met teams. Like the team went in a hurry to re sign him, the team didn't want him back. Yeah, like this guy off the back of the Super Bowl year, they rewarded him with a one-year, three and a half million dollar contract, and then they paid him this year at the assistance of Tom Brady when he came out of retirement. So I think the team move on. I think Rashad White, for a dynasty asset right now, is peachy. I think he's got a good opportunity to progress because I think with when Brady goes, I think they could rechange this offense. I think opportunity be there, but for this year. I just can't I can't put Rashad White in a lineup unless I'm literally down to bare bones because I can't see him getting many 10 point games. 
He's no Jamal Williams, am I right? <laughs> no, he's no Jamal Williams. <laughs> Jamal Williams, the touchdown king. Absolute stud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jamal Williams is like the um, the running back equivalent of Mike Evans. He only needs like five <laughs> carries for three touchdowns and like seven yeah. Yeah. Well, they Drake London's morphed into the Mike Evans role now. Like, I, I find that fascinating. He's literally like the same player, like one catch, two yards, and a touchdown. Like, Mike <laughs> Evans would be delighted with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mike Evans is passing the baton. <laughs> Keeping it in the division to Drake London. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, man, this has been a blast. We've covered everything in a half on this show, right? It's been phenomenal. So tell everyone where they can find the show. Tell everyone where they can find you and engage and. Uh, and see some of your hilarious uh, videos and memes that you post. Oh man, um, no, thanks again for having me on, man. It's been a, it's been a blast, been just what I needed on this Monday. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can catch me on Twitter if you want to at ff evolution. Um, you can check out the show Dynasty Debates, a year-round show at the moment in season, doing like a Tuesday morning sort of recap episode, um, just literally highlighting a couple of Dynasty takeaways from each weekend slate, and then on Thursdays drop a episode that has a guest so we kind of get ready for the upcoming week talk about some sits and starts and some players but we also talk about some trades and get into some dynasty trade theory things like that and then the off season we do a lot of like prospect scouting and dynasty theory and all that kind of stuff and then yeah i write a weekly flex article over at dynasty nerds for um you know just literally let's uh, let's talk about flex <laughs> and um love a good pun myself and uh yeah. yeah that's about it man thanks very much for having me on appreciate appreciate it no it's been awesome and uh yeah make sure you check out all of evan's work you'd be much better off uh with your dynasty lineups for following him and for reading his column every week on dynasty nerds so make sure you do check that out and i know evan well enough to know that if you have any questions about his process or how he does things or if you just uh want to know how to put a good uh video that could potentially go viral together uh i know evan's dms are, uh, are open and he'd be more than happy to talk to you but it's been a pleasure we'll get you on again soon uh rush nation thanks for uh the conversation uh thanks for listening i hope that it's been thought-provoking i hope that you've all taken something from it fantasy football not fantasy football whatever um just know that our dms are open you can always chat to us and I appreciate each and every one of you that choose to interact with us and give up their time or your time every week to listen to us. I'll be back with the Wave Wire uh, in the morning and we will be back uh, with the Dynasty show tomorrow. And then we've got a lot of other shows, Fast Action uh, Friday on Friday, DFS show. I'll be back with a matchup show and a few other pieces and join our Patreon. And I release a weekly Patreon show where I get into a lot of theory-based strategy and going through this so you can hear my sort of brain dump there so um thanks as always and don't forget on this monday while you're watching the world cup keep rushing Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.